0: You're listening to a message from Gateway Church, Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, So last week, uh, I preached a message on Jesus, His light, His life and His love. And it was encouragement for all of us to live in the light, so living in Jesus, and to, to love one another. Uh, if you haven't caught up on that, can I encourage you, to go to the website. It's one of these pivotal messages that pursues you as a disciple. Um, I don't know about you, but I've had this happen before where things happen in church life. There's just a real moment where God just gives his word and it gets into the people around you. But I missed that week. And then I see the like, people just sort of like, I feel like they're like, moving ahead in the Lord so they, they probably got a message that I didn't get because I was sick or surfing as a young adult no I no I didn't didn't miss church for that I went to the 8 a.m. service so that I could still do that so the the message from last week the one of the main scriptures was 1 John 4 7 beloved let us love one another love is from God and who whoever loves has been born of God and knows God you know God his love is in you and you want to let it out to the people around you. But what comes next? What comes after that, after living in the light, after taking on the love of Christ and then loving others with it? What, what comes after that? Well, the Bible, the Bible is super clear and consistent regarding keeping the bond of harmony, togetherness, oneness and unity. So I want to talk today about oneness. It's not a word that we're familiar with. It's not on-e-ness. It's oneness. For those of you who aren't familiar with the word oneness, it's not a common word that's used in, in our everyday language. But the Bible says in Psalm 133 verse 1, it says this, How good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity? This is God, God says, how good is it when people live together? How pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity? Not just together. But in unity, it's God's heart. That's God's heart for each and every single one of us. So today's message centers around oneness. We're going to look at, uh, have a biblical look at what the Bible says on oneness. What are we going to broach around this, this teaching of oneness? Well, I'm going to give you some of the dot points early so that you know where, where we're heading to. Oneness, talking about unity, togetherness and harmony, uh, they're all biblical directives. Not things that someone's come up with and thought it'd be kind of cool for a message on Sunday. Biblical directives. Who knows what a directive is? It's not a suggestion. It's not a, if you get round to it. It's not a, can you pack the dishwasher? If I get round to it. No, it's a directive. I'm giving you a directive. Can you, can you follow through on oneness and unity and togetherness? The other thing that we're going to focus on and broach is oneness is for Purpose. It's not just to achieve some, like, get a merit badge. It's like, yeah, I've achieved oneness. That's wonderful, but it's for a purpose. You know, the, the church may be well classed as an organisation or a place or a location or a name or a, don- a domination, but biblically, it's none of those things. Biblically, the church is the body of Christ. Amen? Yeah. Yes, all those things may be well true, but the The biblical truth, the body of Christ. And the body of Christ takes its direction from the head. Hence, we're called the body. Amen? The body, Jesus, God, the Father. He's the head. Whatever His word says, whatever the word Jesus says, He communicates us and directs. It's for our purpose. Not someone else's purpose, our purpose, the church's purpose. We're also going to answer the question, what's the purpose of the church? Maybe for some of you, it's like the purpose of the church is, it's here on Sunday when I come. We, the church, the body, it's for so much more than than assembling. Yes, the Bible is clear about assembling together. In fact, very clear in Hebrews 10, it asks us not to forsake assembling together. It's super important. But there is more that comes after it as well. Amen. Amen. We'll also answer the question in regard to oneness. How do I stay in unity, togetherness and harmony? How do I stay in it? Once I get there, how, how do I stay in it? Because there's always, there's always something, just getting ready to put its head around the corner. It's like, are you ready? I'm going to come and like, try and take your oneness and harmony and unity away. But what do you do when those things happen? How do you stay where God's called you to, called you to stay? So we're going to look to the scriptures today. There are many scriptures that we have looked at before around oneness and unity. You may have looked at these scriptures as well. But today, can I encourage us? Let's open our hearts, open our minds for a fresh revelation from God. You may have heard it before, but let's believe that today it just hits a new level of God revelation. Amen. Holy Spirit. See, the pursuit of oneness, harmony togetherness It's far more than a healthy, functional expression of people on Sunday. Don't get me wrong. We should be coming to church and being kind to each other, being nice to each other, speaking well to each other. But we should also be challenged by the scriptures to then take what we hear to go home and activate those things. Exchanging our limitation for God's function that's revealed through the word. Amen? See, I believe it's imperative, but it's also hard work. Anyone who's tried to activate some biblical things, it's not the easiest thing in the world. It sounds awesome when you hear it on Sunday. It's like, oh, all right, Monday, it's on. And then Monday comes, like, man, this is hard. But hear this, God's grace and power is sufficient in our weakness. It's, it's the Word of God. It's, His, it's written in the Bible. See, God in his infinite wisdom and understanding has called us, you and I, to learn function and togetherness as family. Isn't that exciting? Now, maybe if you haven't come from a super functional family, you're like, what was he thinking? I, I get it, right? But he's called us in his infinite wisdom and understanding of what we need. He's called us to come together and learn it as family, as brothers and sisters in Christ, the pursuit of oneness, harmony, togetherness. See, there are miracles that happen when his people are united together in one accord. And we'll have a look at some of those things in the Bible as we go through today. But see, people united under the commission of Jesus fulfill the commission of Jesus We don't talk about it when we're united together. So we're not like, oh, let the commission of Jesus. It's just like, no, we're going to, we're going to fulfill it because we're united together in oneness. Amen. So what's the commission that every believer is called to? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. People are like beginning to smile at me because it's like, again? You're going here again? It is, as far as I'm concerned for the church right now, this, this is what matters. The commission that he gave us. Reading from verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Isn't that encouraging? He's with us always. As disciples, He's with us always. See, as we personally take up the call for commission and we're united together on the same page, miracles happen. Right. Miracles, uh, hear it again. As we're united together in the commission, in oneness, miracles happen. So what does oneness look like? Because it's one thing to read about it in the Bible. But what, what is it? actually look like, tangibly, as you're sitting with someone in church right now, as you're in the foyer, as you go to the car park, as you get in the car and your children are just like crying and throwing toys. Like what does is, what is oneness look like in every situation of our lives, amen? Well, the first thing i say is it looks like compassion and empathy. Romans 12, 15 to 17 says this, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty, but associate with the lowly. never be wise on your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of. all empathy and compassion promotes harmony and oneness. It's really easy in our society and everything that's going on, how busy we are, to see things happening around us, be like, "Oh, they're a bit sad." and move on. It's, it's easy, And I, I get it. There's, there's a, a lot going on. Our bandwidth is stretched in this current space of life. But what do we need to do to minimize our bandwidth so we can have empathy and compassion and activate the word of God? It looks like compassion and empathy. It also looks like kindness, oneness, harmony. It looks like kindness. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind to one another, tender hearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. This is, what, this is the one heart, one mind in, in line with Christ. God loved you so much that he sent Christ to forgive you. How much more do we need to activate that between our friends and family and, and church members? I get it. Sometimes it's hard. And sometimes other people make it even harder. Ever had someone in your life like that? ever been that person who's made it harder for people to love you maybe don't put your hand up be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you it also looks like encouragement to sharpen one another oneness and harmony it's not just like rainbows and unicorns and open the door and all these little birds flew in and perched on me it's like wonderful It's a fairy tale for those of you not familiar with Snow White. Um, (laughs) um, It also looks like sharpening one another. Now, sometimes people can come up next to us and it feels a little bit abrasive. They might come up next to us and they're like, hey, how are you going? I've I've noticed you're struggling a little bit. How about we get together and pray? And like, The last thing I want to do right now is pray. But that person coming next to you is they're trying to sharpen you. It's like their sharpness. They, they want to pass on their sharpness. So it says this in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need our peers, our friends around us, our pastors, people in your workplace who are Christians and well. It's like... They, they can come next to you and sharpen you in your faith. They start to see you just like tapering off a little bit in the workplace and saying some things and laughing at some things that you shouldn't. And they come up to you like, hey, come on, come on, brother, come on, sister. You know that God's called us to be a beacon of light in this place. Don't take it as get away from me who the heck you are. Like, no, no. So you know what? You're right. I'm going to let you sharpen me right now. I'm going to let you call me unto what God has destined me to be. Hanging in there this morning? Good. What's the purpose of the church and oneness? Well, these following words, the following verses that I'm about to, to read are in red ink in the Bible. Red ink, he says. Well, for the, some of you who are new to faith or you use a digital Bible, you may not have seen red words before. Words in red are the quoted words of Jesus. This is what Jesus said, not just like black words, red, red words. So the following prayer is from Jesus. The following call for unity, the following is from Jesus. It's his desire and it's his purpose for the church. Who's the church? It's not a building. It's not a location. We are the church. Amen. This is is what he's saying to us. John 17, 21 to 23. My prayer for all of them is that they will be one of one heart and mind. It's talking about unity and oneness. Just as you and I, Father, that just as you are in me and I'm in you, so they will be in us. And the world will believe that you sent me. goes on to verse 22. I have given them the glory you gave me the glorious unity of being one as we are one i and them and you and me all being perfected into one so that the world will know that you sent me and will understand that you love them as much as you loved love me see the purpose of oneness and unity of a singular heart and a singular mind is, is this to be in christ the same way that christ is in the father when we receive Him, when we, we, we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that He is Lord, that He went to the, the cross, was buried, rose again on the third day, we become one with Christ, the same as He is one with the Father, amen? To be in Christ, that's the, that's the first thing, the purpose of the church. The second thing, so the world will believe that God sent Jesus. Our unity... Our oneness in Christ, our oneness in the body of Christ is a beacon light so that the world believes that God sent Jesus. That the world understands that God loves them as much as God loved Jesus, His Son. If we show disunity... If we show craziness, if we show weirdness, if we show ridiculous family dysfunction on display in the church, I don't know about you, but I don't think it sends a message that God loved the world so much that He sent Jesus. But when we act in togetherness, now I get it. We're not always going to get it right because we come from environments and families and stuff's happened in life, but we're getting more like Jesus, amen? Who we were a year ago. Not that person anymore. Who we were 10 years ago, not that person anymore. Who we were before salvation, not that person anymore. How do I know it to be true? Well, the scriptures say here that when we come into oneness with Christ, we are in him the same way that he is in his father. Where there is a new life, we're not the same anymore. Amen. My dear friends, if we are to truly emulate the master, Talking about Jesus. If we are to fulfill the prayer that Jesus uttered to God the Father on our behalf, we must acknowledge that Jesus has given us God's glory. We have to acknowledge it. The, The word, the scriptures here say it God has given us his glory. See the glorious unity of oneness as they have, we also have. Just as Christ is in God, we are in, amen? We have the glorious oneness. We can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it on our own. We can't even do it as a really great group of people. We need need to be in Christ to have his glory and his glorious oneness. The, The unity of oneness. It comes from him and we outwork it together. Never in isolation, Unity is found together in Him. Can I encourage you, if, uh, if you have a propensity to, to withdraw and isolate a bit, push yourself into the oneness and unity of the body of Christ. If you have friends and family that have a propensity just to withdraw and, and get by themselves too much, just encourage them to, to come into the body, to the oneness and the unity. I, I understand there's lots of reasons why, why people withdraw and pull back into isolation. But can I encourage you, there there is a glorious unity that happens when people are on the same page together, when they know what the purpose of the church is. Amen. To be in Christ and to allow the the world to believe that God sent Jesus. When people from outside the church see a beautiful group of people who are loving each other, encouraging each other, weeping when each other weep, Rejoicing when each other rejoice. They see that, like, hang on a second. This is, this is outside of the norm. But then when they see it outside of Sundays as well, well, hang on. Something's going on here. This isn't, this isn't Sunday best. This is God doing a deep work in the hearts of individuals. Amen. So if we're to be of one heart and one mind as Jesus and God are, it would seem according to the Scriptures that we need to choose to stay. In unity and oneness How do we stay in unity and oneness? Here are some practical Usable things that you can take home today And learn to activate from today onwards Not tomorrow Dudley encouraged me a couple of weeks ago It's like one day or day one Day one, amen Is that right Dudley? Day one Here's some stuff that you can take home today For day one 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 Therefore, encourage one another and build up, build each other up just as in fact you are doing. It's already, a, it's a remnant within us and some people are better than others. But let's take on the word of Christ and begin to build each other up. This is how we stay in unity and oneness. Who knows that that is sometimes a little bit more difficult than as easy as it is to read here when someone like steals your car park out in the church car park? What what about when someone takes your seat out in the foyer? Or they took your seat here that you paid for? (laughs) What about... What about when someone just has that look and they're looking at you and you're like, why would they be looking at me with such disdain? But really what they're thinking is, did I turn the water off last night when I was like water in the garden? You get what I'm saying? Like, sometimes we can interpret things that aren't even true. But if it is true, what are we going to do to learn how to stay in unity? See, the use of simple affirmation and encouragement can boost a person's spirit and confidence, congratulating a a peer or a friend from church. Maybe they've finished a course. Maybe they're starting a new job. Maybe they're serving on a team in church. Maybe they're making changes to be a sold out disciple. See, these are some of the ways that we can encourage people around us and, and build each other up to promote and preserve unity and oneness. See, on the other end of the scale, words of discouragement can be as equally damaging and destructive to oneness and unity and confidence of individuals. See, the Bible urges us to use assertive and uplifting encouragements that promote growth, that promote unity rather than harm, amen? See, when we feed and we nurture each other, we facilitate an atmosphere and an environment where we can flourish as disciples. I don't know about you, but I want that for me. I want that for you. Do, do you want it for you as well? It, I believe that it's if we're living out the Scriptures, this is the beauty of the church. Amen. This is the beauty of the church. It's, it's important to note, however, this may not be your go-to language. Your go-to language may not be Encouragement. Naomi's looking at me right now. I'm not. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about it right now. See, our families may not be proficient in the form of uplifting communication. That was my challenge, getting married. I didn't come from like a, we didn't sort of walk out into the kitchen and be like, hey, you're looking good. Take on the world today. And Naomi's that type of person. She's like, you're looking good. I'm like, now I'm like, I, I know. Addison's taught me that. So you look amazing. I know. I know. I know. See, but the Bible is clear. Encourage and build up. So if it's hard for you, I, I hear you. I, I still have work to do. I, I push myself every day to say nice things. It's hard. Don't always get it right. Oh, I think of them. I think of them all the time. I think things like, doesn't Naomi look lovely today? But the encouragement of our marriage doesn't come with thoughts. The encouragement of the church and our peers around us doesn't come with thoughts. They're great thoughts, but the encouragement of the bride, the church... It comes with words of affirmation, of encouragement, of lifting each other. It grows through audible encouragement. Encourage them, and it can be read. Send someone text. Send someone an email. Accost them in the foyer. You're an amazing human. Thank you for being part of our church. Wouldn't you want to be accosted in the? In the <laughs> wow, I'm an incredible human. Thank you for being part of the church. Wow, Th- thank you so much for encouraging me with that. Now, I understand if it's not a proficient language, hearing that for the first time, it's like either I've done something wrong and something's coming next or you want something from me. No, we encourage the bride for the sake of encouraging the bride. Amen. 2 Timothy 2 verse 23, when we talk about ways to uh, protect and stay in unity, I shared this with some of our, our team last week. It says this, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know that they produce quarrels. It's pretty like straight to the point, isn't it? It makes it easy. You don't have to try and what is it? what do they mean by that? You know, maybe, maybe within your family, you just like to argue about things for the sake of arguing about things. Maybe you like to argue about things because you're right and they're wrong. Maybe you like to argue about things because it's a sport. Maybe you like to... Maybe you like just like that person's always right, so I'm just going to make them wrong this time, even though they're probably still right. Like, It's a, it's a hard issue, right? It's a hard issue. And I, I want to encourage you that if you want to preserve and pr- promote unity within the body of Christ, but in your family of origin as well, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. It's just not worth it. If it's eroding at the, the oneness and the wellness of the church, if it's eroding at the oneness and the wellness of your family, then, then avoid those things at all costs. Have assertive, beautiful, uplifting communications. Now, you notice I use the word assertive. Some things go wrong in church. Some things go wrong in family. Amen. I'm sure we could all put our hands and say, yes, there's something that's happened in church or there's something that's happened in family. And I want to encourage you, assertive communication. I get it. None of us were probably taught from being a babe, the art of assertive communication. But can I encourage you, communicating exactly what you're feeling in your heart. If someone says something up front and it feels like it's just like a little bit overbearing, a bit demeaning or a bit controlling, it's like learn to utter these words, hey, what you're saying right now is making me feel a certain way. You may not have the words for the feeling, but it's not making me feel good. It gives the person on the other end of the opportunity to go, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. Or I need to walk back from that. That was a little bit familiar. I'm I'm, I'm sorry about that. This is how we protect unity we don't get it by silence we don't get it through withdrawing we don't get it with treating the other person with silence because silence is a punishment we get it with assertive godly communication amen this is how we protect and grow the heart of the church so the other thing we can do is learn how to truly enter biblical humility who loves humility? <laughs> wow well let's turn to the scriptures this morning <laughs> Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, it says this. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. All of you have a a calling to which you've been called. It's the commission of Jesus Christ. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Can can I encourage you? Uh, I don't know about you, but growing up, this is what I learned. If someone comes at you, you either come harder or run. Now, maybe that wasn't your experience growing up or where you grew up. But we have these traits that we pick up. So either we go quiet, either we fight hard, or we get away from it as quickly as we can. The scriptures here are really for all of us, not one person. Not for the person who's always subservient. For the person who's overbearing as well. It's a call to learn humility. To learn to be humble. To learn to hold your tongue when it should be held and not just say it because it came straight to your mind. To learn gentleness. Yeah, you may need to say something. But how we say it will either promote unity or decimate it. Amen? Humility and gentleness, learning patience. Yeah, maybe you want to have that conversation with a person right now, but, but they're not ready to have it because they're overwhelmed by life. Well, patience would say, can we book in a time to have a chat about this? I know that it's maybe a little bit raw right now, but I'd love to have a chat in half an hour or an hour, tomorrow, Friday, next week. Book in a time to facilitate Unity and oneness. The longer you let it go, the less chance that it gets looked at. And what does it do? It drives a wedge between brothers and sisters and brethren within the church. That's not the calling that God's called us to. Amen. You loving this this morning? Philippians 2 verse 3 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking down on your own not looking down to your own interest but each of you to the interest of others sometimes we look at that and say oh I need to put myself lower than everyone and allow people to walk over me, no that's not what it's saying it's about having a humble heart towards each other. We've referred to it before as mutual refreshing, where we're mutually serving and loving each other, not one way. It's not, never out of balance. It, some days it's flowing down to the other person. Some days it's flowing down to you, amen, and learning that, that rhythm. How are we going for time? Well, that went quick. If you've got the Bible up today, there's some extra scriptures, Romans 15, uh, just really talking about what Christ wants for us as the body of Christ to be in unity, being joined together in unity. But what happens when God's people are in oneness and unity? This is where we're going to come to a close this morning. In Acts 2, this is what happens when people are brought together in oneness and unity In Christ. It says this On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them this. Ability. This this is this is what I I take away from this passage. There are lots of things. This is the promise of Jesus sending the Holy Spirit that we wouldn't be alone, that God will be with us through the Holy Spirit. But this is one of the things that take when people come together, when 120 put themselves in a place and they say, We are here, we are in oneness, we are together in unity. When we do that, when we fulfill the scriptures, God moves. He won't do it the same way every time. It always looks different. But God moves when people are together in unity. When God's people assemble in unity and oneness, He moves. It goes on to say in Acts 2, 40 to 41. See, this is the other thing. When God moves and He moves in the hearts of His people, He causes His people to do something with it. There's a purpose. This is the purpose that I was talking about before. Acts 2, 40 to 41. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. See, when God's people are in unity, reflecting His glory, People see God's love for them and respond. It's as as simple as this. The Scriptures make it this simple. It starts with gathering under one name, under the name of Jesus. It continues with unity and peaks with people responding to salvation, people being added to the kingdom of God. For us to see God move like this, it's, it's connected to our unity in Him. Amen. To see salvations and people added to the church it's it's our unity in him it's our reflecting the glorious oneness of unity that God has placed in every single one of us. You know this morning just as we come towards the end of the service if you're watching online if you're in the room this morning it would be it would be wrong of me to move on from this moment without Allowing you to respond to the hope and the love of Jesus that I've talked about this morning. You know, if you want to be known and connected to God, to be part of the church, be in Jesus, it's through Jesus alone. There is no other way. See, God loved you so much that He sent His Son Jesus, went to the cross. He is the sacrifice for the sin of the world, for all of our sin, went to the grave rose again on the third day why? for the forgiveness of our sins so we can have a new life a new life in Him this is how we have eternal life in a relationship with God 1 John 4 verse 9 says this God showed how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him and all we have to do call on the name of the Lord and we'll be saved so I'm going to pray a prayer in the moment it's a prayer of accepting Jesus maybe you've done it before maybe you've been off on your own journey for it. maybe you've never prayed it, maybe you're watching online it's like this is the first I've, I've heard that God loves me so much that He made a way for a relationship with Him can you join me in praying this prayer today church, if you're praying for the first time and you're needing to get yourself, get yourself back where you need to be, why don't we pray dear God we thank you that you sent Jesus, that He went to the cross, to the grave, and rose again on the third day for the forgiveness of my sins. I surrender my life to you. I turn from my own ways and I choose to follow you. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord and God raised Him from the dead. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pray to that prayer for the first time. You prayed it again. Can I encourage you to come and have a chat to me afterwards? Don't leave it there. There is a an amazing unity and oneness that God wants to launch you into. It doesn't want you to sort of just go through life and a bit of a no he wants you to be connected into everything that he's got for you if you're online there'll be a link on your screen you can get in contact with us so that we can encourage you of what to do next so we're going to finish but as you as you walk out the door can, can I can I ask you to take these things in your heart for today to activate when you're in the foyer when you walk out out into the car park when you get home when you get into tomorrow In unity and oneness is God's blessing and power. That's what we saw in Acts 2. In unity and oneness is a harvest of souls. People being added to the kingdom of God. Why? Because those individuals in the upper room didn't stay in the upper room. They went out into the marketplace. The powerful encounter they had with God moved them to go and share the hope of Jesus with others. Amen. His power, His blessing. Propels us to get out there into the marketplace and share the hope of Jesus. So let's posture ourselves towards what matters. There are so many things that we can orientate ourselves towards, but let's posture ourselves towards what matters. Unity of the church as a display to others of how much God loves them. Amen. Commission matters, and we're honored in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. we're going to finish this service up. If you need prayer for anything that's going on in your world, don't walk back out the front doors without someone standing with you in prayer. I'll I'll be down here afterwards. Some of our, our prayer team will be down here as well. We just want to stand with you. We want to encourage you, but God bless you. God keep you. Uh, can I encourage you? Just love your family this week. Be kind to your family. Use language that you haven't used before. Tell your loved ones that you love them. It'll be awkward the first time, but just keep keep going. Amen. But God bless you. We love you, church. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.